You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I am your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, Not a fun game, let's be honest. I had issues with Alomar in terms of uh, managing this year, and I really didn't like the lineup, but at the end of the day, Freeman hit, as did, I mean, Leon didn't hit at the end there, but he did uh, have a home run. So it's hard to, you know, do you give credit for guys performing who don't expect to perform? It's still not great uh, roster uh, it's it's not a strong lineup. It's not good uh, lineup construction is the word that I'm going for. So we'll get into the game in a bit. I want to spend some time thanking people who have done uh, reviews on AOL this month. Uh, Bo, Bu, Bo Part, Purdy is a Brewers fan. Thank you for listening. Uh, Drew K, I'm sorry that I'm bland and get things wrong. Um, one of my new one-star reviews, but still thank you for a review. Uh, S.W. Baylor, thank you. I'm glad that uh, you find it great knowledgeable. Tony P., thank you. I'm glad that you also um, like the information on the minor leagues and advanced stats. And B. Blanca 89, uh, thank you for saying that I'm informative and knowledgeable. And again, about minor leagues and prospects, I appreciate it. Uh, You know, with Drew K., uh, sorry I'm bland, but I will admit my pronunciation is something I am trying to work on. And get better at that is just a life issue for me. Um, it's just one of those people where honestly the phonetics never clicked. I, I just can't do it uh, normally, even when I look at one of those things. So that is on me. I need to get better with that. But let's now talk about the game. So eight to six, Adam Simber. After I defended him last night, comes back and uh, poops the bed. Uh, Oliver Perez, not his best uh, moment. And, you know, honestly, we all knew he was overperforming. He was going to come back to earth. That's a few shaky outings in a row. The the uh, Royals did not have a lot of hard-hit pitches. They did have a few off of uh, Pletko, who is, again, you know, he's a depth guy. He's not a guy you really want to put in a, a serious role. Uh, you get down to it, it's Quantrell should not have given up any runs, but the error by Santana just for as good as he's been defensively all year there's no defense for that then Simber just gets lit up and Perez can't come in and shut the door he's struggling with the spots Plotko doesn't come out and do anything uh, to help keep it together so even though the Indians do get a run across uh, in the ninth it is not enough and they end up losing this one 8-6. to six. It's a game they should have won. I mean, there's no other way around it. You should beat the Royals every single time. They had five runs off of Junis, who only lasts four and a third innings. And again, it's the humor of, I just ripped this lineup. And then Freeman goes 2-4 for four with two doubles. You get a home run by uh, Sende Leon. You get... Uh, he does it. He gets another hit in the game. Uh, Donna Shields doesn't do anything, but uh, you know, in general, there's not been a whole lot of anything being done with anyone playing center field this year. Uh, I don't understand carrying three catchers. You know, what does Leon really bring? Uh, 
Is he really going to give you anything more than Austin Hedges? Defensively, we know that's not the case. Offensively, I I feel like they're probably similar level hitters. We'll see uh, the injury to uh, Jose Ramirez is day-to-day. He'll be back hopefully sooner rather than later. Now, he's been good this year, but I mean, I think the thing with the Indians in general is this is not a team that's had really a, a force of nature in their lineup. They don't have uh, offensively someone who is an MVP type of candidate uh, like they have had in years past. You go back, you know, two years ago to when you could make a legitimate case that both Lindor and um, Jose Ramirez were MVP, top five MVP candidates. That's just not here right now. When you look at, uh, you know, WRC plus, runs created plus, which I always like because it's 100 is average. It gives you that nice baseline. Branmil Reyes is at a 147. Now he's also got a 402 bat pip, which is about 120 points above average. So yes, he is currently hitting 320, but his bat pip says that he's uh, he's in line to fall to closer to like a 200 batting average than he is a 300 batting average. Uh, the W, his runs created has been off the wall, but there's a lot of uh, good luck in that right now. Jose Ramirez is at 120. That's good. He is not uh, spectacular by any means. And Lindor has got himself up to a 115. So he is pretty close there to Ramirez offensively. After that, you don't have anyone else who's 100. So no one else who even cuts average. Cesar Hernandez is at a 98. Nick went a 94. Carlos Santana is a 93. Next is Bradley Zimmer, who's not with the team. Then Delano DeShields and Yu Chen Chang were tied. And then you get to Domingo Santana at a 63. Freeman at a 54. 48 by Roberto Perez. It's just ugly city. You're hoping some of these guys are going to pick it up. Uh, and there'll be some level of improvement. But yeah, it's been bad. They don't have a lot to hang their hat on offensively. And the team we saw tonight, you know, the reason we saw that team, I think, is the Indians are already in the postseason. Like, yes, it's not signed, sealed, and delivered, but it might as well be. Their odds of making it are so high that it doesn't really matter. It's more about, you know, getting guys rested, getting guys ready, uh, getting everything set up for those postseason games so you can run out the best uh, pitching staff possible. You can have everyone in place that you like to play. Maybe let some of the young kids... I don't understand why Daniel Johnson isn't up because now's the perfect time to get him reps. You're still kind of hoping to find an outfield. Uh, we know what Delano DeShields is. And yes, you can make the case for his speed and defense. But let's see if Mercado can rebound. Let's see if Daniel Johnson can handle center. Let's use these at-bats a little more effectively than they have been using them uh, based on the fact that this team just has some undefined quantity. Qual- uh, nope. Neither of those words has some undefined uh, positions right now in place and we they still need to figure out exactly what this lineup is going to look like who is going to be where etc and you know just if we go into batting leaders of 2020 over here on fan graphs and i click to look at war it's an interesting look you know mike yastrzemski at two uh, ian happ at four how many people knew that was happening Tim Anderson at 9 uh, started a little slow. Trent Gresham still sitting there at 11th. That's an all of baseball. Uh, you keep going down. And, you know, Jose Ramirez is 18th, which is good for him. 19th, Jose Abreu. Uh, Jess Winkler, who started out slow when, since he was in town, is at 20th. Even though his uh, defense has just been atrocious, he's still there. And you can keep going down. It's guys like David Fletcher stand out. Uh, Jonathan Swoop. 
I always get that name wrong in my pronunciation in my head. With the Tigers is 27th. Uh, you can just, it's, yes, it is a small sample size. It is a weird year, and that leads to some names popping up that you maybe didn't necessarily expect or anyone see would as be people who'd stand up being there. But there are players, just again, looking at the war value. Uh, Dominic Smith, who I talked about, hopefully being something the Indians could target in trades in the offseason. He's tied for 32nd. Going down a little bit further, how about Donovan Solano? Who saw that with the Giants? Robbie Grossman, who the Twins gave up on. He's 32. The Indians gave up on him at one point in time. I mean, he's sitting there at uh, 41. He's tied with uh, Fran Mill in terms of his value brought to a team. Lindor sitting there at 47. Bryce Harper, 50th. Victor Reyes of the Tigers is sitting there tied with uh, with Lindor. So it's it's interesting to see who's performing, who are the names to know, uh, who is not performing at all. It's not just the Indians who have some interesting players, some guys who are not quite living up to what you'd hope they would do, what we expected them to do this season. What you can count on, though, during uh, this baseball season or any season is Built Bar. Built Bar is one of our favorite sponsors over here on the website across all owners, all owners, all of the Locked On uh, baseball podcast people. It always comes up just how much we love Built Bar, how excited we are. We still are uh, talking about our hope of getting a new box because Built Bar has six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple apple almond crisp uh again everyone i talk to loves built bar and if you have not tried it here is your chance to go try and see why this is probably the favorite sponsor among hosts on the locked on baseball network so and if you've already used this promo code that i'm going to give you in a second here it resets you can keep using it as many times as you want if you go to builtbar.com use the promo code locked on you get ten dollars off your next order that is locked on, all one word, for $10 off your next order at BuiltBar.com. Go check it out. Again, that is what I am eating currently for uh, breakfast and lunch as I am teaching. Okay, back to the podcast, which is something they hate when you say, but, uh, you know, something else to always work on and improve. I had a question over from Zahn, who, uh, you know, I've had a few questions for him. He was talking about like the value of being first in the AL Central, and you know, is, is there any value to winning the division? I, I don't know if there's a ton of extra value in winning the division. Is there any feeling of like home field? Well, I mean, the, the postseason probably going to be bubbled anyways. And then, do the Indians have an advantage uh, because none of these teams have faced Bieber or Plesac or McKenzie? Um, you know, in the old saying, he also mentions of pitching beat hit beats hitting but in this season where we've only played one region is this more true or less true and I think the one thing we have seen through time is uh, the postseason is a crapshoot I don't think there is an advantage you can have the best rotation in the world and the Braves won one World Series the one time the Indians have made it to the World Series during this this run they've had now is arguably the second or third best run in the history of the franchise uh you know, the 90s teams got close and they made two World Series. The uh, teams in the kind of that, you know, 48 to what, 55 period, uh, they made two and won one. And then you have to go back to the 1920s for the only other time where they had any sustained, sustained success around 1918. 
to the early 1920s. So this is worst case. You'd call this the fourth best run of Indians baseball history. And the deepest they got was the year that their pitching staff was beat to hell. Uh, you know, that is the year that Carrasco got hurt. And that is the year that Salazar got hurt. They had Kluber. They had Bauer, who, like, remember, ripped his finger open on a drone and then couldn't pitch uh, at during parts of that postseason. They relied on, you know, Ryan Merritt, who never even... Did he ever pitch another big league game for the Indians after that? I'm not sure. But what I do know is that he pitched and clinched a World Series appearance for the Cleveland Indians because they were so beat up on the mound. They just had every single pitcher, it felt like, got hurt. And it was the year where you're like, well, uh, this just is not going to come together for the Indians. And they, you know, make it to Game 7 in that series. Whereas you look at the year that they had that ridiculous win streak, well, then they ran into the uh, the New York Yankees and they just, the questionable usage of their starting rotation. And you know, that was the year before Bauer's big breakout. And Carrasco had been the second best pitcher in maybe the entire American League. He'd been a top five guy in the American League in the second half. And he gets one start. They run Kluber out, who's been beat up and hurt. And, you know, Kluber just didn't have it there. And Bauer had the one great start and the one lesser start. And they come back the next year and they're looking great again. And they run into the Astros who are cheating. And then last year they didn't make the postseason. But, you know, the, the year they made it, then you look at the two years after. I think the two years after they were better set up to succeed. But it was the year before that they made it. Or you look at the Washington Nationals where, I mean, yes, they had the great pitching. But, man, that was a uh, a team offensively that was just patched together. I mean, Howie Kendrick, no one's counting on him to be the, the, the hero. Juan Soto was great. But they did not have a lot of star pieces offensively on that Washington Nationals team that managed to be successful. The most important part of postseason success is just making it there. I, I don't know if there's a huge advantage to anyone not having seen these uh, pitchers in person this year. Uh, I think there's so much tape and there's so much information in those tapes that uh, they can simulate so much that, yeah, it's probably better when you've gotten some uh, chances to see someone. But at the end of the day right now, the Indians' ultimate trump card for this postseason is Shane Bieber. That's because he's having one of the greatest seasons uh, a pitcher has ever had in Cleveland Indians history. You go and you look at the numbers and the performance, and everything he's doing is just bananas. Uh, when he is out there, he gives them a chance to win just because teams struggle to do anything against him. The Indians' offense still needs work, and that's why, again, I would love to see them maybe let some of these young guys play. See what Daniel Johnson can do. Call up Nolan Jones. See if uh, he could provide something more for this team. He's he's a good athlete. You know, I think there's a chance he could be an outfielder for you. If you don't want to mess with Jose Ramirez at third base long term, you know, I, I could see the world where you're like, well, Jose Ramirez, he is so good at third now, and it's where he says he wants to play. We're going to leave him at third. We're going to have Owen Miller kind of slot in to, uh, to second base because he should be ready to go in a year. And we're going to have Nolan Jones try one of those outfield spots. Like a lot For a long time, a lot of people thought because he was drafted as a shortstop and the transition to third took a bit of time that you know maybe outfield, maybe playing something like left would be his best long-term position anyways. And you know what 
yes, what does it hurt to try? It means extra service time. But for this team right now, you know, I, I think there's bigger concerns than uh, if you get an extra year of Nolan Jones in, uh, what, 2025, 2026. I mean, I say that now, and then then I would probably, you know, make a deal about it. We'll have to, to see how things go. The Indians are always going to play their hand close. They're always going to be conservative. That is the way of this front office, and it has worked for them. We'll see if it continues to be successful. You know, we're still talking about these outfield uh, platoons where, you know, I think they can be average, but they don't really have that option in center field right now. Uh, Carlos Santana is undoubtedly not going to see his option picked up at the end of this year just because of the cost. So, I mean, the, it's going to be, you know, it, we're, we can focus on this year because, of course, the Indians are playing great. They're going to have at least one major piece of hardware come home no matter what with that Cy Young is almost in the bag at this point, uh, barring, like, injury or massive meltdown. But this team is one where, honestly, you could be talking about them in December having to replace almost that entire infield. And what do they look like then? How do you shift things? I mean, Nolan Jones is going to be with this team quickly in 2021. Why not get him some reps now? Why not uh, take advantage of that? Why not get Daniel Johnson some more reps now? Let's see what he can do. Uh, I'd rather see you Chen Chang. And I know Freeman had a strong game, but these are guys I'd rather see get reps than, than the the Freemans and the Shields of the world where we know what they are. Let's see what some of these young kids can do. Let's see if you can find, you know, a diamond in the rough type, a guy who maybe is under-evaluated, like they are able to do with pitching, like we've seen them not really be able to do with hitting, but we've seen with other organizations, you know, looking at Kansas City. Whit Merrifield was never a top prospect. Uh, the rest of that team, at least at some points, these guys, most of them are prospects, which maybe is part of the reasons why this has not been a good offense, is they're running out guys who are more named than production, a.k.a. AKA, you know, Franco, the DH who came from Philly. It's going to be interesting to see. You know, like I said, it's we're moving towards the end of the season. We kind of know what this team's going to be. We know what's in place uh, for them. Again, I just feel like it's getting those reps. It's seeing what they can do. It's getting themselves healthy it's setting themselves up it's getting you know more starts from uh tristan mckenzie get another solid outing you know i didn't really even talk about it and again i think the indians have beautifully set him up for success where i don't think he has faced like a tough team yet and he had what one hard hit ball off of him seven strikeouts three hits i mean three hits and a walk and three runs come across like that's just bad luck that shouldn't happen. When you have four base runners, you know, and three runs, you know, the Indians had uh, nine hits and they had six runs off of them. They only had one walk. Kansas City had two walks and 10 hits for their eight runs. So again, it's a similar breakdown, actually, when you get to that point. But again, against McKenzie, it should have been even less. Like his performance there... Uh, you don't expect three runs on three hits. I don't think anyone really expects that when you sit down to see. And, you know, with someone like McKenzie, we're talking postseason. Is he even getting starts? I mean, he's their fourth starter right now, right? Or is he their, he's probably their fifth starter. Knowing the way this team goes, uh, Bieber, Sabali, 
Carrasco, I think, are probably the first three with uh, Plesak in any games as a, a four starter if needed. So uh, McKenzie becomes a bullpen weapon by the time we get there. And I'll be curious to see how that would be implemented with this team. But yeah, it's it's going to be a fun stretch. The Still more games to go against Kansas City. Uh, always a good thing. Again, they should not lose another game to the Kansas City Royals the rest of the year. This is a Royals team that is currently, I mean, as of yesterday's podcast, I should say, we're lined up to have the number two pick in the draft. Uh, Minnesota coming up on Friday. Huge series, obviously. Two more against the Royals. Off day Monday, rare Monday off day this year. Two-gamer against the Cubs, and then they're facing Detroit, who, you know, they're not out of the playoff line. I don't think we've really talked about it, but uh, with some teams scuffling, Detroit is actually weirdly still in this playoff hunt. Uh, I'd have to pull up the playoff race standings, but, uh, oh, come on. You have a, a link to playoff race, but then you don't actually have listed by uh, games back. Boo. But, uh, yeah, Detroit's got a 462 win percentage, which after last year is kind of amazing. It's only a 6% chance to make the postseason. Someone like Baltimore and Seattle are, uh, are have better chances. The Angels, heck, even have a, a better chance. But uh, they're still not dead, which is says a lot, because they were almost historically awful a year ago. So good on the Tigers. And in the offseason, if you're listening, I talked about how I liked a bunch of the small moves they made. They went out and made some small moves. And I'm not going to have time to get in on, into it on today's podcast. And while I like some of the moves they made, I think something we need to talk about, and again, we're going to talk about this later in the week, is how teams like Detroit and Kansas City are not... And I talked about this a little bit on Monday, but Detroit, Kansas City, uh, Texas, how these teams are blowing uh, their rebuild windows. If you're going to rebuild, I think Seattle has done a good job with it. Uh, I think we've seen other teams do, you know, San Diego was able to turn around and do a nice job with it. Atlanta did as well. And I think, and like I said, I got into this a bit on Monday. We're going to do a bit more tomorrow. And the Indians make sure to always get some value uh, for the most part. There are the, the guys who leave during free agency, like a Michael Brantley. They didn't really end up getting any value when he left because they didn't offer him a qualifying offer. Someone like Danny Salazar, his arm falls off. They don't really recoup value. But, you know, Kluber looks... Kluber is going to be a candidate for the Indians to bring in as a non-roster invitee. You you may think that I'm crazy, but his contract is... uh, I believe that option year that was supposed to become guaranteed... Part of the agreements in that deal was that it would not with that trade to Texas. I could be wrong, so maybe he's got one more year in Texas. But if uh, if he doesn't, I mean, there's a good chance Texas doesn't pick up that option. That Cleveland, he could return to the place he found success. But that's down the road. But looking at some of those teams, you know, the missing of windows, the missing of trade value when, you know, the Mike Miner situation in Texas, they learn nothing from it and Lance Lynn happens. You look at Detroit with Matt Boyd, and you know I talked about Jonathan Swoop and missing that opportunity to move him uh, at some peak value. So we'll get into that on uh, tomorrow's show. I know that praising and then criticizing Detroit for similar things. It's like they're not going to make the playoffs. Like I talk about it, but it's a joke. They're not going to get there. I appreciate their massive improvements, but uh, it's still smarter to sell than sit on value. And it's something we can talk about th- later this week. 
we will preview the twins. We will continue to uh, you know follow the scoreboard, see where things are going. The uh, White Sox are currently in first place, but it's, they're also currently tied four to four in the eighth against the uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates. We'll talk a little more draft as we get closer to the end of the season, and uh, we'll also you know keep on that watch for who are the worst teams in baseball. Uh, I always find that a fun tradition to follow. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked on Indians podcast. I want to thank everyone who's out there rating and reviewing. I pointed those out earlier in the show. Even the bad reviews help is what I've been told. So, um, you know, the good, I much prefer. The bad does hurt my heart a little, I won't lie. But thank you to everyone who goes, who rates and reviews, who, you know, downloads, listens, tells a friend. All that stuff is greatly appreciated. It all helps with this little podcast. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked on Indians podcast. And as always, go Tribe.